Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I'm once again... Uh, I've been stood up by Don Pizzette, but but don't worry. Uh, we actually replaced Wes as well as uh, as our backup, and we have Chris Ward joining us all the way from Prescott, Arizona. Chris, how you doing? You know, it's uh, always good to be with you guys, and I, I'm having a little bit of a ego issue here because <laughs> you go from Don to Wes, which I understand, sure. but I understand you actually had other options. So actually, I feel better about this. Actually, so I thanks. wasn't told I about these other options, but here. no one said anything to me. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. But your oh, right. yeah, <laughs> but your your head is huge uh, on on the video. So I think that shows that you have no issues with your ego whatsoever. And also, a man who has no issues We're with his there. ego is Daniel Lowry. Daniel, how are you doing today? I am strong and fit. <laughs> And the, my captors are treating me well. Very good. Congratulations oh, on that. Uh, and we are also joined today by our special guest, who is Randy Shore. He's the VP of Delivery and Support over at CloudTamer.io. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. i got to say that your background looks like that clean and modern background that is like embedded into Zoom as one of the, uh, <laughs> the, the you know backgrounds that you can use automatically but that's real I will. is that real yeah i will i will inform my wife that okay. her uh, her interior design skills have have made it to a zoom background yeah um, for sure send that, <laughs> send that picture over to uh to bill gates he'll put it in teams that's, that's like saying she she Perfect. makes art for hotels you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she actually works she works in hotels so maybe there's okay. a, there's a, a connection she's been there. inspired there you your background is so generic no, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, we want to learn more about your actual background in terms of like your your life and stuff. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump in with our first segment, which is rapid fire questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, Randy, in this segment, we'll put five minutes on the clock. We'll go around the room and we will ask you different questions, get to know you a little bit. If you uh, go ahead and run too long, we will buzz you. Though we rarely do that, but it, it's happened uh, for, for those that just, just go on and on. So, yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, so let's go ahead and, and I'll, I'll jump in with our first question. So I just want to know a little bit more about Cloud Tamer. So can you kind of give us the, the elevator pitch there? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Cloud Tamer is a, a software platform um, designed really to bring um, cloud governance and cloud management together. Uh, and so really where that's focused is in three main areas. Uh, so it's focused around automation and orchestration uh, within your sort of public cloud environment. So AWS, Azure, and Google, uh, identity and access, um, and uh, financial management. Um, as well. So uh, we uh, have a number of customers across the, the federal and commercial space here, and we've been around for uh, just over three years now. Very cool. And so we, we talked about, obviously, I heard the word governance in there. And anytime you start talking about governance and then you're working with customers, sometimes that can be a little uh, crazy. And according to what I understand, you're the voice of the customer. So what, what do you do as the VP there at uh, CloudTamer? Yeah, so my role is really um, both uh, heavily external focused. So I, you know, work with 
um, all of our uh, prospective customers throughout the pre-sale side, all the way through, you know, their their sort of whole customer journey, um, ensuring that they're successful on our platform. So it's not sort of the traditional customer success side, uh, but it's also my role to work internally with our engineering side, um, sort of with that that product manager hat, if you will, um, talking about you know ways in which I think our product could be better and help you know with some of the objection side that that happens on the pre-sales, uh, objection handling, uh, all the way through to you know. I know big initiatives that that a lot of our customers are working on, and you know, really one of the 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 core mission of Cloud Tamer is to you know quote make our lives make customers' lives easier in the cloud. Um, and uh, so, really, you know, what I'm doing is taking what customers are saying and bringing that back to to you know get to an easier life. Well, sounds like a likely story, Randy. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now I am the uh, you know I like security. Security's a fun thing. And uh, when you start talking about governance and compliance, a lot of times there are security aspects to that. And of course, continuing on that line of thoughts, the joke is always, hey, we're compliant, therefore we're secure. Is there any, th that's obviously not the case, just because your compliance doesn't necessarily mean you're actually secure. What does Cloud Tamer do, or does it do anything, honestly, to help address that situation to say, oh yeah, okay, we're helping you check the boxes, but we're also trying to help you actually be secure? Yeah, yeah. So that's actually, you know, one of the biggest benefits that we bring to the market is um, in our security and compliance function, we what we call is continuous compliance. Uh, so Cloud Tamer has um, this whole uh, sort of side around preventative controls. So putting um, a lot of those, you know, governance or guardrails in place to ensure that uh, an account is compliant before anybody's ever even logged into it, right? So Cloud Tamer, again, you know, why we're, why we're in the market um, with all of these different sort of pillars or foundations of what we do is that we think that um, every pillar is sort of stronger when 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 working with another, right? So from a security and compliance uh, with our automation orchestration, we can sort of vend out or create a brand new account, um, put in those preventative controls, which, you know, checks those initial boxes. Um, where we then go above and beyond, though, is through, again, that continuous compliance. So the ability to continuously monitor and scan in real time to ensure that, in fact, those preventative controls uh, or those boxes are still checked. Um, and if not, bring those back as, as a, a remediation or as a final finding uh, that can then be used for, uh, you know, auto remediation or manual remediation to really ensure that, you know, it's not a set it and forget it, but there's some watchful eye out there at all times. So we've been kind of uh, just using the word cloud in general. I know in, in the first answer you mentioned AWS, um, Google Cloud, and, and Azure. Are, are those the three that you mainly focus on? Or do you, I mean, do you focus on all those do, or do you go beyond to like the rack spaces and, and kind of the, the smaller groups down there? Yep. Yeah. So for now, we we follow sort of the big three. Um, but of course, being so we're our headquarters is located just outside of uh, the DC metro area. Uh, and so we have a lot of federal customers. So in addition to sort of the um, commercial areas of, you know, AWS, Azure and Google, uh, we also have extensive support into like AWS GovCloud, uh, Microsoft Azure for Gov or MAG, um, as well as even the, the AWS top secret and secret environments. So um, each of those are like supporting their own cloud providers. Uh, but right now focused on sort of the big big three um, at, at this point. Cool, well I looked down your LinkedIn a little bit, it looks like you guys uh, are hiring or have been hiring in the last few weeks for a lot of different positions. So where are you guys in terms of the, the growth of your company right now? 
Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, we're a little bit over uh, three years old. Um, we just actually had our birthday at the uh, beginning of the month here. Um, and we are on a hiring spree. Uh, we have had extensive growth uh, recently and we're projecting a lot more uh, upcoming. And so um, definitely a good plug. We have a lot of open positions across all areas of the organization um, from, you know, it, we'll call it entry level, right? Support engineers all the way through to uh, developers, DevOps um, on the marketing side, product marketing directors. Uh, today, we're about 50 uh, employees. And actually, you know, COVID, COVID was a was an interesting time for our company, but brought us to a, a remote first um, company now. So now we've been fortunate enough to hire amazing talent uh, across the whole country. Um, and we're sort of continuing on that growth here in the, the near term. Maybe that's where Don is. <laughs> he's, he's been hired. Don got, yeah, Microsoft Don got a job and he's <laughs> that's how we got selected for. Uh, oh, that's, that's how you got on Technado. It's like yeah, spotting exactly. uh, Bigfoot walking in the background. <laughs> yeah, you see Don just with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Oh crap! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In that case, we'll have to change the name of the yeah. podcast. But that's fine. Well, we want to, uh, uh, while we have you here, get a little bit of your insight on kind of your area of expertise. So let's move on to our next segment, which is buzzword breakdown. Success. Virus. Server. Pop three. Password. Cyber bullying. Say what? All right, it's none of those buzzwords uh, <laughs> that were in that intro, but the, the buzzword we're talking about today, something Chris mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, governance. So we, we just want to talk about, you know, what it is exactly, uh, is it as boring as it seems and that kind of thing. So, Chris, why don't, why don't we start with you and let you kind of uh, lead us in here. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, what, what are the things you want to know? Because you're, you're our governance expert. Yeah. What are the... Yeah, I know. The, the thing that I, I always looked at, in fact, you know, one of the words that came out of there was cyberbullying. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times people look at governance and that's what they think, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, the bosses, they're going to tell me what to do. Um, but, you know, listening to what you were talking about there, um, I was I was just kind of curious. You know, there's kind of like stages that companies come into governance sometimes. You know, you got the evaluation, you know, then you direct and you put governance in place and then you're constantly monitoring but it sounds like uh, to me, Randy, that, uh, you know, from Cloud Teamers perspective, that um, that you guys kind of come in and help in all of the areas and your automation kind of helps you with that. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, traditionally governance is seen as something um, that's not sexy by any means. Uh, it's often seen as sort of a, a disabler, right? Something that, you know, after you go through a period of, let's say, innovation, you end up in, in maybe this wild, wild west of, you know, all kinds of workloads across all these clouds and you lose control. And the way you get control is to, you know, govern. Um, we like to think of it a little bit differently. Uh, we like to think of it as as really an enabler, right? Um, when you are, are giving, uh, when you're giving somebody, you know, access to a cloud account you're handing over them, hey, here's a new AWS account. Essentially, right, you've given the keys to the world's most powerful data center to somebody that can, you know, easily bankrupt your company or get you on the front page of the Washington Post or something if the security and configuration isn't isn't done correctly. Um, and so we work with customers that, you know, we're, we're sort of wrangling in, right? Uh, we're taming the cloud, if you will. Uh, but we also work with a number of customers that are, that realize that, you know, when you need, when, when you, when you want to grow, right, you need to have like a set process in place. And if you put um, a lot of those preventative guardrails in, governance isn't something that gets in the way. It enables people to move sort of further and faster, right? You've, you've given them unfettered access to the cloud, knowing that, you know, your finance, your security, your business folks are, are, are 
you know, all of their needs are met, right? You're not going to spend a million dollars. You're not going to st stand up instances that cost, you know, $5 an hour to run or, or whatever it might be. Um, and so that's where, you know, we think that, that moving governance sooner in your, in your cloud growth um, can turn it from this sort of, you know, not sexy thing to, to really something that, that pushes you to, to move ahead. Yeah, you know, we're talking about things like, you know, asset deployment, you're talking about security that, you know, obviously Daniel's really concerned of, systems interaction. I mean, is there an end to this? I mean, where have you, you know, in your experience seen where, you know, we're, we've achieved, I don't want to say perfection, but we're, we're at that level where we can kind of sit back, or is this something that everybody constantly has to be on the edge of their seat with? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that there's nothing in the cloud that's stagnant, right? Even if you built a, a perfect governance posture today, um, AWS is, for example, is having, you know, a conference at the end of the year, they're going to release a ton of new services that you didn't even know you needed to govern or, or understand um, that, that it was even a concern, right? So uh, I don't think that governance is ever done, right? So there's just ways that, that you can make it easier, um, more, uh, more manageable, if you will, right? So one of the examples is uh, in, in how we often um, recommend things from sort of a, a cloud team or delivery side of the house, right? Is like when you're putting in these guardrails and you have you know, approved services to be used in production, for example, um, you, writing your policies in a way that sort of default deny new services that are coming out uh, and only allowing specific ones, for example. Um, that's just like a really easy way to ensure that, you know, when when new services launch at, at let's say, reInvent, right, um, you're not scrambling to figure out, okay, what do these things do? How do I do them? I think in dev, right, you absolutely should let um, let your your developers sort of innovate, sort of use these these new services. But in something like Prod or or somewhere you know next to you know your your corporate data or wherever it may be, your your crown jewels, um, that's where you want to be a little bit more careful. And so governance never ends. Um, but I think that there are you know a number of ways to make it easier to deal with. And again, when it's not seen as something that is you know the the land of no, right? That anytime somebody asks, can I use this? You say no. Um, when it's seen as a way to you know help give confidence in in a cloud migration, um, I, I again think that it, it's really become sort of that that enabler to an organization. Daniel, I think you'd be fine though if there was a case where everyone always said no from, <laughs> from, from a security yeah, perspective. I'm pretty good with no. Uh, I'm yeah. Like no, stop, turn it off, <laughs> hit it with a stick, set it on fire. Yeah, knows the default yeah, answer, and then you come with, come to me with yeah, uh, you a know, reason that he, you he yeah, likes yeah. the cyberbullying. He yeah, likes yeah. the cyber. <laughs> oh, I always I, I rule the servers with an iron fist. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know Great. it is kind of funny though. You talk about everybody saying no all the time. I've always found like the consternation for me when it comes to governments is just the red tape. It's not that you're not telling me I can't do something, it's that I have this convoluted process that I have to go through to make that something happen. That's where I get a little like, oh, governance, you know. But I, I understand the importance of it. I understand uh, the necessity behind it. Doesn't mean I have to like it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's certainly something that we've tried to account for um, in that, in terms of like delegation and things to help sort of share that red tape out. Very cool. Well, hey, you mentioned a couple things uh, coming up with AWS in the future, and that's actually a great segue to our, our next segment here. We want to talk about what's coming up for you guys. And I know you're attending a couple of the AWS things going on. You've got the uh, reInvent and then one of the summits as well. Um, are, are you guys having a booth there or speaking or what, what's going on with that? 
Yeah, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. We've had uh, the last time we were able to do a show in person um, was, I guess, February of 2020 uh, before the world shut down. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited to actually have sort of booths and see people in, in you know, face to face again. Uh, so upcoming in um, actually next week in Washington, D.C. is AWS's um, public sector summit. Uh, that's for obviously government government focused, uh, you know, education, et cetera. Uh, and we will be having a booth there. Um, and then even more exciting than that is the the larger uh, AWS conference reInvent in the first week in December, um, which we are also uh, have have a booth at over in uh, over in Las Vegas. So you know if anybody really has been missing people, those are two great ways to uh, to, to to get in person. <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah, I know that's uh, that's a fun one. I've been to reInvent before, and that uh, they put on a great show. Yes. Uh, so I know you know pumpkin spice lattes are out and stuff. So clearly that means we're we're approaching quarter four, and you guys have some uh some big releases coming out in, in quarter four can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so uh we we typically do a a sort of monthly big release of cloud tamer uh in terms of features um but this this go around we sort of have skipped uh this this coming months in favor of a much larger release uh in in q4 we've got some really exciting things across uh, our whole organization um and of course you know festering itself into the into the product itself that we're all here for. Um, I can't share anything yet. We're about a few weeks early on that. But, um, you know, please uh, take a look at all of our um, our site, you know, cloudtamer.io, our socials. Um, and again, you know, if you're visiting uh, visiting any of those those trade shows, we'd love to, to meet you in person. Uh, but we're really excited about the launch. And hopefully maybe we can come back here to Technado after and talk about uh, talk about everything we're about to release. All right, we, we've stopped recording, so if you want to tell us any of the things now, <laughs> would be fine. Uh, good try, good try. <laughs> All right, let's start the recording yeah. again. All right, <laughs> fantastic. Well, uh, we, we really want to thank you for taking the time, and, and if, if people want to find out more about the company, uh, I assume they just go to cloudtamer.io. Uh, otherwise, yeah. that would be uh, a horrible name. Yeah, that's, so. the, that's the best thing about our name, is that anytime you type it, it's a link. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right, Randy, well, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time with us today. We really, really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Great yeah. meeting you all. Yeah, definitely. And uh, stay tuned, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to look at the news from this week coming up on TechNATO with Don Pizzette. So you've tried online IT training, but it's boring, out of date, and pricey. Well, IT Pro TV is always engaging, always fresh, and plans start at just $29 a month. It's online IT training that doesn't suck. Start today at ITPro.TV. All right, welcome back to TechNATO with Don Bazette. Thank you so much to Randy Shore for joining us there, talking all about governance and cloud tamer and uh, all that great stuff. Really appreciate that. Uh, but we do have quite a bit of news to get to, so let's go ahead and jump right in with our first article, uh, which comes to us from Microsoft.com. That's where I get all my news, actually. Uh, this <laughs> is the passwordless future is here for your Microsoft account. So. Less news, more more of their own press release. But but basically, Microsoft has been talking about passwordless for a long time, and, and how how are we pulling ones. this? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, but uh, but the, but they're actually taking some some good steps here. So, what does this actually mean, though? Because obviously, we got to authenticate somehow. So you no longer use a password is what they're saying. Um, <laughs> what do I use? Is that what that really is? means? My password my, less uh, or less less of a password. Like Maybe only need two characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's two characters. Easy. Yeah, you got to pick, pick a number one through ten. <laughs> That's done. your password. Passwords. Well, you know what's interesting is you know the yeah the guy that put this out is uh, and he's the uh, what corporate vice president of security and compliance 
And so our, my, my thought was when I was looking at this, you know, with all the, you know, you know, using your phones and they're all talking about multi-factor authentication, but they're actually saying that this is going to be just, you know, the way of the future. They're, they're pretty much saying you can use a password, but we're going to pretty much make it pretty difficult for you to do so. Am I reading this right? Yeah. And I, I watched a little video here too, and everything they were showing seemed to be kind of like in a mobile environment that you know you're using the either the touch or you're using the the face yeah exactly but i mean microsoft has been pretty good with their devices as well in terms of their cameras having that i mean don't they have the face uh recognition yeah um, hello microsoft hello, hello. Yeah, microsoft. thank you hello. yeah I'm, I'm on a, i'm on a mac so we don't you're not allowed to touch anything actually i do have a fingerprint reader on my mac that's that's not fair uh, i actually already have ready? a passwordless microsoft account really yeah because I, I don't have a microsoft account okay <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's so helpful on this article. Ah, that's the way you fly right there. But that's right. yeah, so basically, it looks like at this point you can kind of go ahead and and set this up um, in, in this article that we'll put a link to down in the description. They they give the the actual steps. Um, it's like three clicks uh, to go through and enable this passwordlessness. It's a new word. But I, I just I just like the like fact it. that it's the uh, what do they use? Uh, one fifteen uh, percent of people use their pets' names. And yeah, I they, think that number's low. I think you, the number's I, low. I think it's low. I think I think it's a little bit I, higher. I would have thought it would have been more formulaic, you know, the whole spring twenty twenty one kind of password. They, yes. Yeah, they mention those ones too, which is uh yeah, which is interesting. I've, I've never gone gone that route, but that seems pretty easy to reverse engineer too, because if it's spring twenty twenty one for you, it's spring twenty twenty one for me. Right. As well. Um and that's where you get into like credential stuffing or password spraying, where okay. you're trying to like reuse commonly used passwords everywhere. So you're not hitting like um, if there's any kind of password policy that says lockout after X amount of bad tries. I don't have to use, I don't have to hit that. So you never know I'm password attacking you. Right. And right. I'm probably going to get some hits. See, I just my don't thing know who is, it is, I go 10 years in the future. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on spring 2031. There you go. You're a smart right man. Um, but th I thought this number was low too, Chris. It says one in 10 people admitted to reusing passwords. And oh my gosh. That's, who would that's ever low. do that? There's no one. Oh, do you mean who would admit to it or who would do it? Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing is uh, I think they even said they were using Microsoft's Twitter account. Now that is a source of truth. I, tell you right there. I don't know how many times I've had to turn off that notification in LastPass that, yes, I know that's the same as my master, master password. <laughs> God, get off my back. We're the ones paying you. I've seen a t-shirt that says, I changed your password. It was too short. <laughs> <laughs> See, that that's the kind of nice white hat hackers that we yeah. need. People are like, yes. by the way, I updated. They your... do exist, by the way. Yeah. People are out there yeah. like finding flaws and then fixing them and then sending an email going, I fixed your problem, by the way. Yeah. Don't send me to jail or yeah. try to come after exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I could be criminally liable. Well, for then there's you. like the people out there like, how dare you fix our stuff? Mm -hmm. It's not broken. Your I'm fingerprints sure. are all over yes. this. So I will find prosecute you. you to the greatest extent of the law. It's like, no, you won't. You don't even know how to make a password. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next article. This one is from Tom'sHardware.com. It says, oh, actually, I can use a sound effect for this one because there is a. Uh, uh, the first word in the headline is Toshiba's microwave-assisted 18-terabyte hard drives are ready for desktops and NAS. Toshiba's FC MAMR drives uh, or, or arrives for consumers. So, I'm sorry, when we say microwaves, uh, you know, they, they made the, the, the pun here with the ding. Are, are we talking about, yeah. like, it's going to heat up my... 
computer and I, I can cook my, <laughs> no, my ramen. Yeah. You get a yeah. burrito that's cold in the middle and hot on the outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, maybe it reflects off, you oh, yeah. know, so you can put your burrito next to your there hard you drive and, you know, so, so how are microwaves the, being used here? Well, they're, they're probably changing the magnetic uh, aspects because uh, uh, with, uh, I always say the word, word wrong, uh, coercivity. Am I saying that right? Coercivity, I think is what it is. Mm, it's the, the curvature where they're allowing the amount of data to put in there. And I guess microwaves are really good at doing that so well, there you go so they're actually like passing data via microwaves with within no no, the no, no. They, uh, the, the formulation of the uh, the actual discs the, i got a question about say. this actually go ahead daniel Do you? does this just mean i can have a bigger hard drive in my computer um i think so okay yeah I mean, okay it looks like well i mean so. but, but cool to correct me if i'm wrong big car uh, toshiba isn't the first one with the 18 gigs because uh, I, I know Western has some and probably Seagate, Here's too. the thing. I can't afford an 18-gig hard drive, so <laughs> I do not have one. <laughs> I have an 8-gig, and I'm pretty happy. I'm yeah, but happy are, are they the first to use the, this uh, microwave technology? I think I think they are, if I remember right, uh, looking oh, we say through the article. Gigs. These are 18 oh, yeah. terabytes, right? Do we see gigs? Yeah, yeah, I think gigabytes. we say gigs. Yeah. We're so used to saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah this says Toshiba yeah. is uh, announcing the industry's first uh, 18 terabyte drives featuring yeah. flux control microwave assisted magnetic recording. So there could be ah, 17 terabyte drives featuring flux. 17 assisted. gigabyte drives. Whatever. With oh the flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah, 17 terabyte. That's yes. for idiots. Yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Yeah. Well, you know, interestingly enough, though, I was, you know, looking at it, they're, they're, the speed, though, uh, from terabyte outputs on that are still around 281 megabits per second, I think. And that's the one big thing about it, of course, with the larger drives, as you get that. You know, yeah, you can store more, but you're not going to be running video off of this. You're not going to be running anything that needs that real quick access. But still, I mean, if you got to store a whole bunch of stuff, um, yeah. So that's why has any vulnerabilities? That'd be great. <laughs> so that's why, like, I've noticed on certain like cameras and stuff, it it would say don't use a card bigger than you know right. than two yeah. gigs or something like that. And that's that's for that reason because it can't read and and write to that card quick enough. Yeah, and I, I think with this, um, and they're 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 advertising it here in the article on, uh, for obviously desktop usage now in NASs. So that way, you know, if you've got a like an inexpensive little, you know, NAS next to you, you can you know pop these in. But uh, I do know the interesting note is they haven't said how much they're going to cost. A so billion dollars. Yeah, money, lots One of, these. of money right here. Yeah, not but cheaper. obviously these. I mean, I mean, they do say they're for you know, desktop systems, but you're most likely yeah. building some high-end something or other if you're going to have something like this in there. Yeah, and the cool thing is whenever we see something like this, it's, you know, price is crazy high, but, yeah. but you know, the first one's got to come out and then and then the competition comes around. I'm legit, like, if I had a two terabyte drive in my my laptop, I'd be like, oh, I have so much storage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, you got to do the old, I remember when I had 176 megabytes. Oh, goodness. That was big. Couldn't even fill that. I mean, shoot, I'm I'm pumped because I, I just got this new laptop maybe uh, three weeks ago, and it's got 500 gigs as opposed to the 250 I had. And you can't the, even hold the entire Napster library with something like that. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Say Napster. Yeah. Oh wow, that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, all my color me bad songs. Are, <laughs> yeah. Some other. Next to your MySpace account. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my friend Tom. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our next article over at bleepingcomputer.com. And, Daniel, I'm going to be uh, leaning on you heavily here. New malware uses Windows subsystem for Linux for stealthy attacks. And um, 
Daniel, I, I normally look to you for malware, and I normally look to you for Linux-related questions. Okay, so, okay. Uh, th- this is two of those. <laughs> Man, so what, what's going on here? You know, so, like, this was just uh, a case of the... We didn't really think this through, did we? <laughs> uh, we we weren't really sitting here. We were like, we were so hot and bothered about getting that that Linux on our Windows systems. Bring all those wonderful Linux people over here, and it's like Jeff the, Goldblum says, like you yeah. didn't bother to think, should you? you yeah, you, right. yeah, should you? You were so <laughs> so <laughs> messed up about whether or not you could. You forgot <laughs> yeah. to think about whether or not you should. Yeah, that's it, exactly. It's got right. a cute word though. It's got a cute word. It's got elf. You know what we need that in in Windows now. You know, so fun, fun, right? They they ported Linux into Windows via you know witchcraft, I guess, and then through that they forgot. Don't you know? Does Linux have its own like stuff that we're hooking into the Windows stuff? Yeah. Are you protecting against that? No. Should I? Well, I mean, we're kind of slapping them together here. Might be a good idea to do that. And obviously, like. Windows Defender, why would it care about an ELF file, right? Why would it care about any kind yeah. of Linux binary? Because it's not Linux. Mm-hmm. And therefore, and honestly, it's funny. I've been doing this kind of thing for actually a little bit of a while now where if I'm working in a Windows system, I always install WSL so I can have Kali on there. And then if I want to play around with, you know, hey, can I build something in Kali and then see if Windows will run it? I just do that. And oh, look, that's fun. I can do all sorts of things in WSL that I can't do in Windows, but it's connected through the Windows API. Yeah. Therefore, I can read into the file system. I can do all sorts of fun stuff. That, makes- that's what's going on. They just basically programmized it and made a made a little package that you install and run. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be safe to say that anytime you're going to say, oh, we're going to integrate something, that means yeah. that we're connected, which means that, guess what? You're passing information back and forth. Hello. And it's, it's, and it's not like it's, it's this is something we've never done before, you know? Yeah. We have plenty of systems that hook into the Windows API or even malware that has traditionally been using the Windows API to connect and do things that it shouldn't do. And it's a great way to get around a lot of security because it's kind of like, oh, I trust the Windows API. It's nice. And you can get your, I mean, you can get um, do some code signing and stuff like that for building malware so that it can bypass those things. And of course, there's other bypass techniques to get around this. But now you've just basically opened a big side door and said, well, we're not protecting this. It doesn't really care. I, 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 it's funny. I can build something in Windows subsystem for Linux, and then as soon as it touches like the Windows side of the disk, it's like, especially if it's Windows-related and it's malware, it's, oh, that's bad. But if I stay inside of that ecosystem, it's, it's not going to care. Yeah, this, now, this... now, they're saying that they're even using, I mean, uh, I've read somewhere that uh, pow- they're using PowerShell, so it's almost like they're yeah. using Windows-own things that yeah. we're supposed to well, be I mean, worried you, about, but then, oh, let's go ahead and use it. You, you would know, say, that, hey, PowerShell, just download a file where that's not, mal- I can't get in here, malicious, <laughs> right, necessarily, that you downloaded yeah. a file, right? And if it comes through some sort of CDN network, it, oh, it came from Amazon, it came from this, it came from that, that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't really care. And then if it then does something malicious after that, that's all in memory, so it's like fileless malware. 
just makes me think of of the old show Pimp My Ride, where basically Exhibit was like, "Oh, I, I see that you like operating systems, so I put Linux in your Windows." What? Yeah. And then, from what I understand, after reading an article about that show, like ten years later, like all those cars most of those cars would just drive out of the thing and just bl- explode, yeah, uh, because they're like, "There's a fish tank, you know, next to your." I used to amplifier. watch that show quite a bit, and I would go, "They're not actually doing anything to upgrade the car; yeah. they're making it they're unsellable, just adding stupid things to it." <laughs> Yeah, they're just killing the research value. So that's basically basically happened here is what we're saying is that, you know, we did a cool thing. Oh, man, look, you can put those together. But we didn't think about all of the implications right. that those things might have. So um, th- this is more reliable, I think, than um, a Pimp My Ride car still. Yeah. But uh, but something to be uh, aware of if you use remember, this. Remember that scene in Happy Gilmore when he's got his little uh, caddy and he's like, hey, I'm going to know it this. So, you know, stop me if I'm going to do anything stupid. And yeah. he does something stupid. He's like. Where were you on that one, dipshit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. I feel like this is that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. no, no one raised their hand. In the yeah. Back and went, what about? Yeah. Well, me, you sir. know, the, the, the infamous thing about like you know, oh, what you know, what is the number one platform that the evil hacker dudes and dudettes use to accomplish their missions? Mm. Let's bake that Linux. in. Linux. Yes. Let's just bring it and attach it to something that has security holes wide enough to drive a truck through. Yeah. That's going to be great. Yeah. Well, and it's not even necessarily like it becomes a security hole, right? It's, right. No. Yeah, you, you went from, okay, I've got this system on lockdown. I survey everything and I have it completely secure. And now I'm going to bring this in. And again, the machine then changes and it's like, well, are you looking for stuff in that? No. Why would I? I have this system. Because now that's a part of the system. So that, that it's was legit. It's the, right, there, how do you put this? It becomes a security issue by the fact that they are married now, right? It wasn't yeah. when they're not. It is when they yeah. are. They were better sense? enemies than frenemies. <laughs> yeah. Is that Some, what you're saying? Really? It's called a virtual machine, everybody. Just run the stink. <laughs> I mean, virtual box is free. <laughs> The sum is weaker than the whole of its part. Yeah, 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 that's right. right. Well, we got to move on here. And this next article uh, makes me very happy. Not just because it is a very interesting article, but it is from a listener uh, who sent it in. So uh, this is our listener mail for the week. You've got mail. And we did. We did get mail from David Thompson, who Mm. sent this one over. And uh, we're looking at an article here from ZDNet, because they do a really good write-up on what what he sent us. But uh, the headline is, Trust But Verify, an in-depth analysis of ExpressVPN's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week. And it looks like there were two separate issues that individually were each pretty bad uh, for ExpressVPN, and they both happened to happen in a very short period of time here. So uh, let's go ahead and, and, and dive in and, and look at the two of them. And, uh, you know, Chris, hopefully you can kind of help me dissect this a little bit. But uh, yeah. so the, the first one is there is a company that is making a bid to buy Express uh, VPN that is Cape Technologies, but they've got a little bit yes. of a shady pass, right? Yeah, well, uh, you know, like three of, their, three of their top people have like shady pasts. They actually were... Uh, they formerly worked with the you know, United States cybersecurity like stuff. And then uh, the United Arab Emirates said, oh, come on over here, help us hack back in. And uh, by the way, we'll, we'll pay you obviously lots of money. And that's why they did it. But uh, they were caught. And I think uh, uh, the uh, CIO uh, was actually uh, 
fine $1.6 million. So, you know, so that's the first thing. So you got this guy who is like really powerful, actively involved in this, in, uh, in this company who's coming in and they're buying it out, you know, express VPN. And then you find out that, Oh, Hey, by the way, um, they are not only acquiring it, uh, but uh, you know, or I'm sure I'm sorry. Uh, Express VPN CIO is uh, Daniel Garricky. Yeah, that, then, that's the uh, second Cape, part. I Cape think. is uh, the, that's the second part. The, the first part. Um, that's right. It's the Israeli guy and right. the other guys where they were doing uh, ad injections and and that's how they made all their money to then go out and buy all the VPN. So then, well, wait a minute. That makes a lot of sense, right, Daniel? Because then now that we know all the stuff that you're trying to hide, so you can inject, but now we know all that and we own it. Yeah. That starts to get you going. Hmm, yeah, this, there might be something a little fishy here. There was apparently like quite a. This is almost tells like a like a Mickey Spillane novel or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. follow the breadcrumbs, and we're gonna go down this rabbit hole of you know dastard moves and so on and so forth of these people. It's like it, it honestly the thing I came away from it thinking was these companies that are running these VPNs that these bad companies are uh, absorbing. It's not like they don't know who they are. It's not yeah. like all this stuff isn't in the news and disclosures get done. And they, they know who this, the, these people are. And they sold to them anyway. What yeah. does that tell you yeah. about them? Well, I mean, anytime you have Edward Snowden, who's you know no clean guy himself, I, I think they even use the term throwing you know rocks and glass houses, where he, he actually worked with some of these guys was they were, they knew all about him and so he's like you know you know intricately involved in some of the things that they did in the past and he's all like well I wouldn't you know I wouldn't trust express VPN it's like yeah you think <laughs> uh, you know what you know what, what what's going on here and uh, what I find interesting though in reading in the article um, is that you know this is something that you know ZDNet the, the author actually admits that hey I actually gave it a fairly decent review at one point because back then it was all right, but now I'm I'm backpedaling you know, on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little like you know. I love how he says he goes. Well, I, I'm not going to say everything's horrible about this, but you know, it's not that great. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I don't want you to search my old article and yeah. say, hey, well, is the is is it kind of like uh, very similar to the problem we were just discussing about marrying two things together? The yes. VPN software and technologies are probably state of the art and really, really good, but because it now becomes married to something that we is is a known bad, it now becomes bad. Yeah, it it gets corrupted. Well, and you can't trust. And Cape is actually well, a rebranding too. Right. Uh, they, they've changed their Cross company right name, which always tells you. Yeah, it used to be MurderForHire.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that they're trying to get away from some of that stink. Right. Same people. Well, Same people. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and what they're saying is, is that, you know, like ExpressVPN and some of these others, I mean, what they're doing uh, is they, they actually run it through when they're bouncing signals around stuff, they run through MLAT uh, countries, which is, right. you know, the CIA or NSA can always go, ah, excuse me, we need access to that information. Yeah. That's well, like when Blackwater changed their name to like, you know, FluffyTeddyBears.com. We can still get it from you. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I'll, I think we should take the same approach as the author of this article, uh, David Gerwitz. Uh, Gerwitz uh, or something like that uh, where we say 
I'm not going to say don't use ExpressVPN, but I would I would read into this story if, if that's something that you use because uh, you can make that decision for yourself then based on on the inferences yeah. that you get there. But uh, it it does read like a spy novel, yeah. uh, as as Daniel said. It's it's Look a really interesting Russian VPN. Yeah, but they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so Easy. much to. Uh, uh, to David for sending that in, and we will send you a T-shirt for doing that. And if you want to uh, get a T-shirt as well, just send in uh, an article you would like us to cover, and if we do, we'll send a T-shirt uh, and, and a little sticker pack uh, from Technado your way. So thank you for that. All right, well, uh, we're going to do a, a quick little roundup here in this last segment because we had so much ransomware news to get to this week that we couldn't pick which article we're like let's just do all three yeah. so yeah we're going for the trifecta and uh, and so we'll kind of rapid fire through these so let's start with the first one over at slashdot.org ransomware encrypts south africa's entire department of justice network and that uh if i'm not correct that's that's bad <laughs> and uh i i feel like south africa is, is like the old american wild west i, I will say this though they they did actually continue in um, you know business continuity. They continued moving. They had a backup plan for when something like this happened, where they Smart. switched to manual stuff, and now they're recovering. And so they kind of gracefully, kind of at least from the article, it seems like they walked through this not unscathed, but it could have been a whole lot worse. And now they're they're finding themselves in a recovery phase. So kudos to them for at least having a backup yeah. plan because it's too many times yeah. we hear. Oh, well, I guess we're just going to... Uh, yeah, so let all the criminals colonial go. pipeline. Yeah, Op- open the jails because we can't, we don't yeah. have any records. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do? Now, did they pay in Kruger Rains, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Gold coins. <laughs> well, I think, uh, yeah, that that's, I mean, if anyone's watching this that is involved with the um, student loan industry, uh, you know, maybe take this uh, as a, an idea. Go ahead and... yeah. Ransomware them. See what Ransomware happens. them. <laughs> Isn't uh, that what uh, Ferris Bueller did? Or essentially, yeah. No, 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 no. no I'm sorry. War games. Grades. War games. Oh, War games. Yeah. Yeah, that was Ferris Bueller changes grades too. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Matthew Broderick is like that was the, the big thing. Hacker. If you're in school, the one thing you want to do is slack off and still make all A's. So obviously, you're going to change your grades. I used to have kids come to me when I was in school and say, "Can you change my grade?" <laughs> and I'm like. Like no. hack into this. I mean, your grades are already printed, moron. It's yeah. like, they would come with their report card. Can you change oh, this? That yeah. Grade? Yeah. Should have seen me a week ago. Yeah, buddy. like it's a little late for this, honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of a little late, uh, the next article in the trifecta is from Bleeping Computer and Free Arrival or R Evil because we've still not decided how we're going to pronounce that. Ransomware master <laughs> decryptor released for past victims. Meaning, if you uh, were hit by this ransomware and just said, you know what, I'm just going to wait this out, uh, then now uh, it's time to get back to work. Uh, the vacation is over <laughs> because right. the master decryptor is out. So, uh, yeah, you can get them files back. So congratulations on that. And how, how long has this been? What was this, a couple months? A couple months. Yeah. yeah. Back yeah. in July, was Think it? So. June or July? I mean, is, that, is this typical for June any kind July. of... July. I can't remember. Maybe late, late June or oh, early July, yeah. we'll yeah. call it. Uh, is this yeah. typical for, for most ransomware that eventually a, a master key is released or is that nah, i've never got hit with ransomware so well normally i mean it's like if, if we were hit by the same ransomware, ransomware, it, 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 we yeah. work at different companies i'm i'm gonna get a different key than you Correct. right so it's that, not like i could just idea. share my key to you sometimes that doesn't happen so we saw like sometimes there is people that reuse stuff it's just it comes from just any kind of coding right yeah you make mistakes even the bad guys make mistakes from time to time and they reuse a key 
if anybody gets that key, they can they can set it out there. What's interesting about this article, though, is that they say, you know, we received the keys from a, trust, a trusted law enforcement partner, and unfortunately, this is the only information we are at liberty to disclose right now. And this is Bitdefender saying this because they're the ones that have yeah. the Yeah, so it's yeah. like, eh, so they either hacked Revil in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. or they've got an insider in Revil yeah. that is... Or there's a guy at Revil that has no more fingernails, yeah. and he's the guy. <laughs> that could that be true. That could code. be true. Yeah, the guy with two broken hands at the at the, <laughs> yeah. the hacker meeting going. Yeah, what happened yeah, I don't to know. you? Well, well, you know, I don't know what happened. I fell okay. down an elevator <laughs> shaft onto some pliers. Yeah, well, that's a shame. All right, well, let's several look times. at let's, <laughs> several times, several repeatedly. Times. Yeah. yeah. Just kept falling. All right, let's look at the last in this trifecta of ransomware articles. This one's from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the U.S. to target crypto ransomware payments with sanctions. Because sanctions, they solve everything, if I've learned anything. You're so, sanctioned. So, oh, damn it. <laughs> so this basically means that if if there are uh, payment uh, providers, I guess like you, you can't, you can't sanction Bitcoin, but you can sanction the the marketplaces that people use to yeah. buy and sell Bitcoin. Fears, so, yeah. yeah. So if they see um, th- that those services have been used by these hackers, we can track them through through their wallet ID. Then they're going to get sanctioned. And uh, and we've actually seen the first one uh, come out because this article is from a few days ago. But uh, but today there's an article uh, about the U.S. Treasury issuing the first ever sanctions against a crypto exchange for aiding ransomware attacks. And uh, that is a, a Russian-owned uh, but based in the Czech Republic um, uh, company called Suex, uh, S-U-E-X. So they are the first to receive these sanctions. So... Do you think this is a good move? Think so, this will help? Interesting. So I'm reading a different article because I got paywalled by the Wall Street Journal on that article. Yep. And um, it says, these new sanctions and rules don't appear to be meant for the cryptocurrency payment industry writ large. Instead, they're supposed to target specific individuals, the journal says, with the hope of deterring others from having anything to do with ransomware. I don't know how you do that because isn't the whole point yeah, you don't they, know who those individuals well, are? You can see that an exchange has been made, if I'm not mistaken, and like... Who made an exchange? And you could tie so, that right. back if you knew that so, information. Right. And you could say, you made an exchange. You've broken the law. I'm coming after you. But if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, uh, what we're seeing here is it's always an after the fact. So if, right. if I'm just using, you know, let's say SueX yeah. here or Coinbase or something like that, you know, where you, you're doing it, how do they know that someone making a request for that money or transferring it is for a ransomware attack or I'm borrowing, you know, right. I'm buying Uncle Buddy's, you know, old yeah. Volvo. Like you the know? only transactional to- history is like the wallets, who owns them and right. what was transferred. Well, that, that's what the and memo the line is for on the checks. That's what yeah. with the memo line. So make sure you put, to write. don't put ransomware yeah. when you do yeah. that. <laughs> ransomware <laughs> payment, <laughs> August 2021. I used to always mess with people with those, be like illicit photos and you know things. And like, I can't take this to the bank. They don't care. They're yeah. not looking at that. That's not part of the process. Uh, All right. Yes. Well, if uh, maybe we'll take a little bit more in-depth look at some of these uh, next week. But yeah, that extortion. A lot payment. going on in the ransomware game. Um, so. Congratulations to all you out there that are involved right. in Gambino ransomware. Gambino family. Yeah. Good for you guys. I don't think it's them. This doesn't sound like a very 
you Russian know, in other or words, Nigerian name. You know, good news is Rebel's getting in the antivirus game. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they now own ExpressVPN, yeah, it looks so like. Strange. So, strange. Go and log on they to that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the, the, they own 51% now. Yeah, with that pipeline money. All right, hey, I want to let you know about a couple things coming up. Speaking of security, we've got a webinar that is taking place actually today, the day that this webinar or this podcast is released on Thursday, September 23rd, Top 5 Security Risks of Cloud Computing, How to Identify and Avoid Common Cloud Vulnerabilities. That's with Adam Gordon and uh, and you, right, Daniel? I would be me. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be uh, taking place at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't worry if you uh, are hearing this later than that. Uh, you can go ahead and go to itpro.tv. TV slash webinars and the same page you go to sign up for this ahead of time you can use to uh, see the archive of it because it'll be up uh, just in a couple of days after the webinar goes out uh, there's also one a little bit further down the road on October 7th also a Thursday protecting against mobile security threats in a bring your own device environment understanding the current mobile threat landscape and that's with uh, if you're a a longtime TechNATO listener Victoria Mosby who uh, is a a mobile security expert she'll be be joining Mike Roderick for that one. Uh, like I said, that's Thursday, October 7th. So head over to itpro.tv slash webinars and you can get the scoop on that. And while you're on that internet, head over to technate.do or technate.com if you're boring and you can uh, see the latest episodes. You can send us some viewer mail and get that t-shirt. Uh, and you can also click that big orange button in the corner that says uh, sponsored by IT Pro TV. You can get 30% off the lifetime of your personal membership with a coupon code there. Uh, you can also request a team trial if you are part of a, uh, a company and want to get IT Pro TV possibly for your entire team, you can do that there and uh, find out all about the great features available for you guys from IT Pro TV. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for, for jumping in today. We really appreciate it. I know yeah. it's uh, 4 a.m. or whatever in, in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, how time's Pretty close. Works. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm rounding. Halfway around the world, you know. From yeah, it's it's far. Yeah. I know. Arizona, Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's using ExpressVPN yeah, to yeah, actually yeah. log yeah. into this, so he That's could the be. The only way to do it. It's the bounce, he's bouncing off all kinds the of cape signals. is going, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel, thank you as always. You're welcome, sir. All right. And thank you all for watching and listening. And we will see you next week right here on Technado with Don Pazette.